The Senate is preoccupied. It's debating the Supreme Court nomination of Neil Gorsuch, but it has a lot of other things that it needs to get done, and it needs to get them done fairly soon. Welcome to the Big Story Podcast. I'm Jason Dick, the leadership editor at CQ Roll Call, and I'm joined by Ed Pesh, our senior legislative analyst. Welcome, Ed. Hello, Jason. Good to be with you. So right now the Senate is in the middle of this big debate over Neil Gorsuch to be the ninth justice of the Supreme Court. It's gotten a lot of attention. They're talking about changing Senate rules. But one thing that is kind of left unsaid in, in the middle of this debate is that there, the Senate, uh, it, once it, it you know confirms Neil Gorsuch, which it likely will, there's a lot more to do. They have a lot more people to confirm. And, and you have actually done some, some calculations in your, in your capacity as our senior legislative analyst, and you also run our Senate action reports. Just how many nominations throughout the federal government does the Senate have to process? I went through some research, and I tallied up more than 3,000 positions that the White House can send to the Senate for confirmation. I kind of stopped counting at that point because it got dizzying when you get past the secretaries, the deputy, the undersecretary, the assistant secretary, as well as all the panels. There are about 500 or so key positions that the White House needs to send up to the Senate. And at this point, they're on track getting about 10 percent of those in the Senate, at least in the pipeline, whether they've been confirmed, waiting for the committee action or on the calendar and ready for the Senate, but looking for some time. So, I mean, just to back up a little bit, you know, the election was in November. Usually, you know, the major party nominees have some sort of transition plan just in case they, they happen to win. Uh, that there was uh, All indications are that, you know, th- that most all nominees have some sort of plan. They have a, a list of people who they want to fill out their cabinet and even at the deputy and, and assistant levels. That doesn't seem to be the case with, with Donald Trump's administration, that, they're, that they were super prepared for this. And they're at this point. I mean, they, he still doesn't have a full cabinet, and the and the like lower levels, the deputy cabinet secretaries, as you mentioned, the people who actually get the stuff done. They they they're the ones who run policy teams. They're the ones who compile budgets and all this kind of stuff. We don't even have very many nominees at that level, do we? No. I mean, at this point, President Trump has thirteen of his major fifteen department heads who have been confirmed. He's still waiting for the last two to find some floor time in the Senate. That is lagging a little bit behind the two previous administrations. At this point, former President George W. Bush had his cabinet positions filled by around the beginning of February. President Obama, it took a couple more months. His uh, His were largely done by the end of March. So uh, once they finally get the last two done, uh, the Trump administration will, will, will have a full slate of their administration. But they are, they are definitely lagging behind, and that is, I think, attributable to the time that it's taking on the Senate floor to get these nominations through the entire process. Now, one other factor, too, is that the two, of the two people who are left, the Agriculture Secretary nominee, Sonny Perdue, the former Republican governor of Georgia, and, uh, and Alexander Acosta, who's the labor secretary, there were some extenuating circumstances. Uh, Acosta is actually the second labor nominee. The first one, right. Robert Puzder, took his name out of consideration uh, in, in February. And Perdue, you know, there was some issue. He was the very last nominee of the, of the 15, members of, you know, 15 members of the cabinet to be nominated. And then he, there was a little bit of lag on his getting his paperwork in, you know, his agreement with the Office of Government Ethics and so forth. So, But they have had hearings, and now, now they're just awaiting time. 
you, you know, previous to coming to, to CQ Roll Call, helped run the, the periodical gallery, the periodical press gallery in, in the Senate. Right. Walk us through a little bit of wh- how nominees like get placed on what's called the executive calendar and how that is different from some of the other calendars that they have to work with in, in the Senate. Well, in the Senate, in order to get somebody to the finish line, it takes many, many steps. You got to start with sending them up from the White House to the Senate. They have to get to, through the committee process. Various committees have different rules. Some committees can require a nominee to wait an additional week once they've actually had their hearing. At that point, once the Senate committees report them out, then they're finally available to be on the Senate calendar. After waiting over one day, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell can then try and call those individuals up. Uh, and at this point this year, he's had to file cloture on just about most of them. Which which basically cuts off debate. You I mean you you have to go back and forth between these two calendars, right? right? And you right. and you can't just. I mean, normally the, the the Senate works under you know what we know as unanimous consent, and it usually you can just kind of go back and forth between working off the executive calendars to, to deal with nominations and and the legislative calendar. But what's going on now? Right now, at this point in time, it appears that Democrats have decided one of their main strategies is to utilize every piece of procedure that they can when it comes to considering the nominations. Since they simply don't have the votes at this point, since it takes a simple majority to confirm the individuals, they're using a lot of time to talk on the floor. Mm -hmm. That is taking days per individual nomination. So at this point, when you think about the hundreds of nominations that have to get through the Senate, if you add two to four days, depending on how long it takes to get them through the process on the Senate floor, the Senate could become a full-time confirmation machine, which doesn't leave a whole lot of time for legislation. That's, I mean, it, it's kind of fascinating, too. So you mentioned this this number of like several thousand, you know, people who need to be confirmed by the Senate. And that doesn't even get into military promotions and so forth, all of which have to be confirmed by the Senate as well. Right. But we're talking, I mean, let, let's, if we boiled it down to the core, you know, it, it, it's, it's around 500, you know, give or take a few, a dozen of a senior level people in the government at that deputy and assistant cabinet secretary level and, and so forth. So of that, of that core number... I mean, how many nominations have actually been sent up to the Senate by this administration? Well, I took a look at the Secretary of the Senate's list. As one does. As one often does in this job, <laughs> at least at CQ Roll Call. <laughs> and I got to about 50 or so mm-hmm. nominations. About 23 of those have been confirmed by the Senate. There are currently five pending on the executive calendar, which is sort of the holding place for uh, the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, to pick from to bring them up on the floor. With uh, Gorsuch on the floor right now mm-hmm. and a recess coming up, it's going to be a little while before he can actually get back to that list, unless he can get some kind of unanimous consent of all 100 senators to move those nominations. The committees are, have about 18 or so, give or take, that are waiting for their action in the individual committees with jurisdiction over those nominations. They'll have to get through their hearings, their vote, and then they finally will move to the calendar, which then makes them available for all 100 senators to consider. And what's complicating this process is, as you mentioned, we've, we've got a recess that's about to start, a two-week recess. This is the traditional sort of Easter Passover recess. It's two weeks. Then we come back. We've got one week before funding for the government runs out on, right. on April 28th, which tends to occupy some amount of time for, for members of Congress. And if you have, 
you know, a, a potential rules change, which the Republicans are contemplating in order to make sure that Neil Gorsuch gets confirmed and, and sort of breaks a, a Democratic filibuster, then and like how you, know, you, you may have some unhappy Democrats who will just continue to make Mitch McConnell and his leadership team jump through these procedural hoops. So really, when, you were t- when you're talking about a full-time confirmation machine, we, we, we still also have to deal with this, this like kind of must pass. I, I hate using words like must pass and permanent because not everything is must pass. But in order to get the government open, keep it open past April 28th, that's going to take a lot of procedural hoops also. So really, like, I mean, this entire year almost, it seems, could be taken up just with dealing with these sort of deputy cabinet secretaries and, and so forth. And we don't even have that many, as your research showed. One thing I've noticed from talking to some Democratic staffers on the Hill is that their main strategy appears to be right now to take each nomination one at a time. One at a time is the one phrase I keep hearing over and over again. If they have to take it one at a time, that's not going to leave a lot of time for them to get to the other issues. Once you finally get to the last week of April when you have to do the funding bill, you have even additional procedural hurdles in order to limit debate, not just on the bill itself, but just getting on the bill can take a couple of days. So that could sock the entire week away at the end of April. So I wouldn't be surprised if it took them a while to get um, to the to the slate that's currently on the calendar or, mm-hmm. or working through the pipeline. Now, also, one of the things, one of the research items that I, I looked at was judicial vacancies. Right. I mean, Neil Gorsuch is one of two nominees that have been sent up. Now, there are 890 authorized judgeships in the United States court system. There are 126 uh, vacancies right now. There are exactly two nominees pending. One is Neil Gorsuch, who is on the floor, and one is an an appellate court judge who's a district court judge, which will create another vacancy once he is confirmed, if he is confirmed. So there's the executive branch, as you've been talking about, this deputy level. There's the judicial branch. And that doesn't, again, doesn't even get into like the military promotions and so forth. So overall, I mean, do you see, how do you see this working out over the next like couple of months? I simply think it's going to be a slow roll as the Senate tries to move these nominations. And you didn't even mention the attorneys general that they have to fill. The U.S. attorneys, yeah. The U.S. But... attorneys, um, as you said, the thousands of um, military commissions and promotions, uh, they had, they were trickling in starting in March, the as far as the military commissions and promotions, they finally, the floodgates opened at the end of March, around March 27th. I noticed that about 3,000 plus were finally sent up to the Senate. Those can definitely be um, done quickly before maybe a recess. We've seen a few high-profile almost standoffs over, you know, cabinet secretaries like James Mattis at the Defense Department saying, I want this person and it being, you know, kind of mired in, in whatever, re- for whatever reason at the White House and, and going back and forth. Um, where, where are all these names? Why, why, why is it so difficult? You know, what, what's going on? Where are the people to fill these positions, Ed? Well, for whatever reason, it seems like the Trump administration doesn't have as wide a pool to pull from. And they're 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 still searching around for for their candidates to send up to the Senate, so this could definitely stretch out uh, to and through the summer, depending on how things go. Well, we will be here watching uh, because it's uh, it is as you said a, a slow roll. Thank you, Ed Pesh, for joining us. Thanks, glad to be here. All right, I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us on the Big Story Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. Thanks again.